0: my gosh. I'll just say it straight up. If you're watching online and you couldn't be here today, you are missing out because it is amazing what I'm looking at. And you might be thinking you're the lucky one because you're not wearing pants, but you need to know there are people here I'm pretty sure aren't wearing pants. I saw somebody. Don't stand up, sir. Seriously. Okay. So uh, it, we are so... This is awesome. It's been way too long. I mean, I love this. This is incredible. I can't believe... So four and a half months, that's what it's literally been. It literally feels like four and a half years, doesn't it? It, it, seems, like, it seems like forever since we had our kids like pulled out of school. Remember that? Remember that? And now in a couple weeks, we're sending our kids back to school. Give God some praise for that. I mean, kids, we love you. But you know what I'm saying? We do. We love you. But the, here's the reality is. Our kids are as excited to go back as we are excited to have them go back. I guarantee you. At least my kids are. Homeschooling with Dad, wasn't it fun? They're like, look at their faces. That tells the whole story. It wasn't fun! Because homeschool for Dad is old school. Like, I come down, shut off the electronics, shut off the TV, and they're like, Dad, but we need the electronics to do— I said, no! not, Not in my school. Grab a book, open it up, and let's go. And they're like, when's break? Let me see. Six hours! That's when break is, right? Nine to three. What about lunch? There is no lunch, all right? Lunch? They're like, God, oh, where did you go to school? I went to Catholic school. That's where I went. Dang it, you keep flipping off. I'll go find Sister Valeria and her yardstick and come after you. So, I did go to Catholic school up till eighth grade, and I'm sure you can tell. And uh, <laughs> not only have schools shut and now they're opening, but businesses we've seen shut and now. By the grace of God, are starting to reopen, and and you might be thinking of, as you reflect on this, what feels like four and a half years, you may think, yeah, the church, shutting, and now they're starting to reopen. But I would venture to say the church has never shut. I mean, maybe you call me crazy, and you have, and I am, but I'm telling you something. Church, we got redeployed, um, we we repositioned, we changed locations for a while, but. The mission has gone forth. Amen? The mission—by the way, if you're new, I want to say welcome home. You're part of our family already. Even if I haven't met you, we love you. The mission of this church is to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. Say purpose. Yeah, yeah. Turn to somebody that you're social distancing from right now and just tell them that you have a purpose. Tell your neighbor, through your mask or through your non-mask, I don't care. Tell them, you've got a purpose. Even in this, now, but it, let me ask you a question. We, we talk about purpose all the time because that's, that's the center. I mean, Jesus came that you might have life and have purpose and have it to the full. So if someone were to ask you right now, what's your purpose? Like, what, what, what do you exist for? What's your purpose? Now, in the middle of a pandemic, might, might not be the best time to ask that question because you might punch him in the throat, right? I get it, it's hard. But if someone were to ask you that, you know, how, what would we say? The reality is, and and it's somebody told me. You know what they said, Bryce? Somebody said, "2020 has been like one big blooper reel." And I'm like, it kind of has. It's sometimes you wanna cry so hard that you start laughing. Well, doing church online, which that's even an oxymoron to say church online, because it's just a message online. We we, it's 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 not easy for me. And I I love communicating. I love being your pastor, but doing it on the screen ain't the same. So I love seeing your faces. I love being here today and, and, and talking to you and hugging you and being with you. And, um, but it is a blooper reel. In fact, through four months of doing messages online, we accumulated what we believe is a good summary to 2020 for Church Online. So if you would check out the screen, watch this. Like, Monty, how do you do it? Like, it's hard. Oh, you're laughing. Like, anywho. <sighs> <laughs> Man, I am so excited to bring you a word today again. Right, yes. immediately. I just be literate. <laughs> we will follow all of the guidelines of the CDC. <laughs> like, poop hit you or inner oh, diaper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you touch a tweet. Okay. <laughs> oh, the tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> oh, you touch a pig. Oh, I'm <laughs> gonna eat your head. Oh, you touch a tweet. Oh, god! touch a I'm jumping broccoli. I'm my Broccoli. Okay. Here we go. Okay, can you be good? Jake, you can't be coming up anymore. It's over. It's over. That's dumb. I don't even know I said that. What are you doing, you stupid idiot? <laughs> oh, okay. Three, two, one. Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> I'm not showing off too much chest, am I? If you saw everything that went on behind the scenes, you would run from this church, okay? You would run. It's it's that is not I there. I don't like doing it. I don't like. I mean, I'll do it because I want to get the message out, and God's God's doing some great things. But the church, there's power in the gathering. How many know that there's power in the gathering? Like. There, 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 there is. There is. Now, when are we going to, you know, some, I've sent out a message that we've hoped to start gathering at Beardmore in mid-August. That's still hopefully our plan. We're going to keep you posted week by week. But I can't wait. We're go, I can't wait to gather again because church online, it isn't, it's a message online. And, and, and God can move it, and he has moved online. But I, I can't, I have a hard time saying church online. Because the church is the, the power of the people. The people are the church. And there's some things that don't translate. So that you just need to hear my heart behind that. But boy, 2020, this is what I want you to know. And this is the message for today. This is the title of the message. Purpose in the pandemic. Okay? Purpose, you still have a purpose in the pandemic. God is still moving in the pandemic. And and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna cast vision with you and share some of the things that God is doing, but He's been on the move. And if there's a scripture. And if you're watching online, you already know the scripture, but if you're not, I'll tell you anyway. There's a scripture that really sums up for me this this pandemic. Romans 8, 28, in all things, God works for the good. Say, in all things. In all things, things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, and the series that we're in is called Follow. And in this series called Follow, God has been showing me things that I don't know if I would have saw otherwise um, don't you love the kids? I love listening to the kids. There's a reason we have kids ministry. Yeah, I love you, but yeah, anyway. How's the sucker? Do you have a sucker? Not yet? All right. I'll take If he doesn't want it, I'll eat it. <laughs> so our kids ministry um, is second to none, by the way. Can we give it up for all the kids in here today? That's for you and you. And even you. So... The series Follow, this is where I want to take you today. This isn't going to be too deep of a message. I'm going to cast vision. We're going to celebrate a lot. But I want you to know something. I believe if Jesus came, he w- and, and we said, Jesus, what's it mean to follow? What, what, what should we be doing to follow you? He would, give, he would tell us two th- he'd give us two pieces of scripture that he said. And one was, po- one was pre-resurrection, and one was post-resurrection. The pre-resurrection and pre-crucifixion, Jesus was asked, basically, what's the most important thing? And he said it in Matthew. 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Okay? That's the first and greatest commandment. So if we're following, say follow, if we're following Jesus, well, we're going to do the greatest thing that he ever commanded to do. That's that. But then he said something crazy. He said, the second thing is, is just as important as the first. They're equal. He said, the second thing, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and everything the prophet said, it rests, it hinges on those two things. It's based on that. That's everything. Love God and love others. I think it's easy for a church to put that slogan on the wall or on their marquee or, or on their website, but are we doing it? Love God and love others. That's what it means to follow Jesus. So, and I would say, Here's the, one of the main points, but I'm going to even tweak it for you. because This is how strongly I think. The number one way to love God is to love others. Okay? The number one way to love God is to love others. I would argue the only way to love God is to love others. And you might say, oh, I'm going to love God. I'm going to meditate and be alone with him. That's great. And that's not bad. You should do those things. I'm just telling you, unless we're loving others, I, it, it, the, the reason Jesus put them equally is because you can't take one away from the other. They, 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 it's, it's, they go hand in hand. So the number one way to love God is to love others. And, and, I, and I think we can say in this season, nobody saw COVID-19 coming and no one would wish it on anybody, okay? Not even your ex, all right? Some of you are like, well, I've already wished it on my ex. Well, we wanna pray for you, okay? You shouldn't do that. But no one saw it coming, but God has moved in it. So can I share with you how God has moved? Is that okay? If I share some wins? Yeah, in the middle of the, pan- so you could say in the middle of the four and a half months would have been right at the two-month mark, would have been May. So in May, God, God gives us um, this idea, and it's an idea that's countercultural because a lot of churches and a lot of businesses and a lot of families are struggling financially. So God tells us, you know what, instead of just holding on to maybe the rent that you're saving from not paying the Beardmore Event Center or just, you know, kind of living like this, which, you know, he doesn't really, that's God's open-handed, not closed handed He said, what if you just gave it away? And we're like, God, are we hearing you or is that the devil? Because we're not sure we're on board with that. But, but God was pretty clear, the money that you're saving in rent, give it away. So I preached a message in the middle of the pandemic in May called 2020 Vision. And if you missed it or haven't heard it, I'll sum it, sum it up for you. We basically said, you nominate somebody that needs help, whatever kind of help they need, and we'll look at it and see how we can help in that way. And if we can use some of the funds that we're saving towards rent, we'll put it towards that. We'll do whatever. We had nominations coming in, uh, well, quite a few. Let's just say that because people are hurting and people are struggling, especially during this time. So rather than hold on to the money that we were saving just because we don't know what the future is going to hold, we open our hands and let it go. So this is what we've we've been able to do in just a couple months. So we've um, we've helped people pay rent uh, for their apartments or homes we paid utility bills for, for some uh, families. We helped one family buy a vehicle for their family that expanded, and they couldn't afford a vehicle that would fit them. So we, we put money towards that. We bought a laptop for a senior that graduated high school. He wanted to go on to Metro to college, didn't have a laptop. We bought him a laptop so he could go. You bought him a laptop so he could go. Um, we A car seat for a family, a nice car seat. Theirs wasn't considered safe anymore. Got him a car seat. Uh, one family needed home repairs. That was a double blessing because we got we to bless them with some home home repairs and we got to bless this new this guy that started a home repair business in our church with the business so we used him to bless this other family um, we help families financially who lost jobs in the pandemic um, we've uh, oh this is probably my favorite there's there's a few people I've never even met that were nominated I don't even know who they are and uh, they're not part of Meadows church. Um, they, I, know, I know a couple of them aren't saved they don't know Jesus but isn't that the whole point so they were nominated and we were able to help them financially in a significant way where they were blown away I mean tears, just amazing so I look at those stories and think of all the things we could do and you might even hear that and think well that's weird we're helping people that we don't know and that you never met and I'm, I'm like but that's what Jesus did Jesus like met needs before they ever followed him like he'd heal them he'd feed them and then they would follow and by the way, we're not doing it because we want anything from them anyway. It's because we know that God has something more for them. That's why we're helping. That's why we want to. So give yourself a hand. I, it, it's probably, I, I don't know if it's, it's close to 10 grand or over 10 grand that you've given away through the church to help families. It's, it's amazing. And we're still doing it because we're still not meeting at the beer and as long as we're not meeting there, and we're saving that rent, we're going to keep giving it away. So, uh, but that's, that's, that's what God told us to do. I mean, my heart wants to just hold on to it. I'm like, i like, I don't know, you know, but thank God my heart and God's heart, you know, they're not the same sometimes. So, um, something crazy about that story that I shared with you is I told you it was in the middle of May that, that we really got this vision that God wanted us to start giving that away. Here's, so so we're, in, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we start opening our hands up and saying, okay, you nominate somebody, we'll read through it, we'll vet it, we'll look at it, and then we'll help out according to what we believe God wants us to do. And we start doing that and giving all this away. So check this out. You would think, and, at the, and now at this point, businesses are closing, some for good. Churches are closing, some for good. Thousands of churches have closed through this pandemic, just like businesses. And, um, but the month of May, in the middle of a pandemic, say Purpose. There's purpose in the pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of March, or in the middle of 2020, in May, we have our biggest giving month ever since we've been a church. So don't tell me God doesn't show up. He says, if you put me to the test in this area, I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so great, you will not have room to take it in. So this is why I tell people, you trust God in an area. I mean, that doesn't make sense to have a he- our biggest giving month ever in a pandemic and we open our hands that's why i love when people give and if you've never given back to god through the church i love you and if you never do i'll still love you but but i'm telling you there's something that you're missing out on and if you talk to anybody who does give i love watching the stories because number one you're giving to life change understand that we got you're giving to something that's eternal understand that but god will do something in you like he says, put me to the test in this area. And I've shared very candidly, this is the last area I gave to God. I trust him with my salvation. I trust him with my kids. I trust him with my marriage. But my money, mm, no, wouldn't do that. And some of you, you might, you maybe have never done that before. I'm telling you, every week someone new gives to this church, it's amazing. Every week we have new people giving. And every week I'm like, I just celebrate. I'm like, God's at work in their heart. God's at work in their heart. You can't outgive God. And he proves it. That's why he said in the scripture, put me to the test. And I watch people struggle financially and I just, I'm like, you're missing out on something here. I I just, God is showing us that he, he is the, he's the owner of the cattle. He's the owner of the hills. He's the owner of it all. But yet we know that even in that, God still has so much more to do in and through us. Is it safe to say that in the season that we're living in right now, that there is division in our world? Yes or no? Yeah, there's division. I mean, that's been brought to light huge in the last four months, the division that really exists. I think God is highlighting it. He's putting a spotlight on it, so we will do something about it. Is there hate in the world right now, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, there is hate in the world. There there is never a, a, a greater time for the church to rise up and be the church. I wrote this down. I said, in a divided culture, which we are in a divided culture, make no mistake, we if you're a follower of Jesus, follower of Jesus, if followers of Jesus should be the help and the hope, not the hate, okay? We need to be the help and the hope that the world desperately needs, not the hate. There's enough hate. And the reason I, I, I share that is because after Jesus gave that, that great commandment, they call it, when he said, love God and love others, that's equally as important as that, you know what story he told them? Because they said, well, who's our neighbor? Anybody remember the story he told them? What? No, Casey, you're wrong. <laughs> no, he's right. So, the Good Samaritan. So Jesus unpacks the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus tells the story of a Jewish guy who is beat up and left for dead. So he's, he's on the side of the road, just, just half naked, beat up, bloodied. And religious people, church people, spiritual people walk by him and do nothing. That's a level of hate, okay? You might... that that, that that's hate personified. That You see a need, you see someone hurting, you're a spiritual person, you're a religious person, you have Jesus in you, and you walk by. Two people did that. The third that comes is a Samaritan. It's It's a mixed race person. Racism's been around a long time. So it's a mixed race person. Jews and Samaritans, well, they hated each other. So for the Samaritan stop and give a crap about the Jew, that'd be insane. But that's exactly what the Samaritan did. So the Samaritan is the hope and the help when others would expect him to be the hate. And I think about that, and I'm like, that's the church. And here's what hit me about that story this week. I've never thought about it in this context, but because of the pandemic, God's showing me some different things that I've never seen before in Scripture. That act of love in the good Samaritan, that act of beautiful love and not hate, but hope and help, It didn't happen in the synagogue. It didn't happen in the temple around the four walls. That's not where it happened. It happened out in the world, in the community. See, I think God is trying to show us something in this pandemic. He's showing us that the church, while it is a gathering and it is the people, it certainly just isn't a building. It certainly isn't the four walls, right? Don't you think that God's opening our eyes up to something bigger? Now, is the gathering important? I believe it's absolutely essential. I believe it's crucial, but the church, to be the church, happens outside the walls. It's not just Sunday for 75 minutes from 11 to 12, whatever. It isn't that. It's Monday after work. It's Tuesday in school. It's Wednesday in your front yard. Thursday at Walmart. God help us, okay? Because they need church at Walmart. So that's what I'm learning. I'm learning that God, I, I think God would allow this. I wouldn't say he caused it. I'd say he allowed it to show us, the church, that stop thinking church is some little confined moment on a Sunday morning. Church is every day. Church is all the time. The Good Samaritan was being the church. Yeah, praise God. That's the church. That's what he wants us to know. So, oh my gosh. That excites me so much that God showed me that. So let me show you. So God's done great things in this season. Like, the one thing online's allowed us to do is really up our online game and spread the, mes- the message more intentionally. Um, and I think we're gonna, we are doing that. So it's, that's been great. So God showed us that. So normally we've got people from predominantly Nebraska and Iowa that we're reaching because of where we're at. Now with online, we've had... Um, not only people watching all over the globe, but we've had people making decisions for Christ, not just in Nebraska and Iowa, but we had a few months ago, we had a decision for Christ in Florida, and then uh, last week we had a decision for Christ in California, and then we've had two in South Dakota, and we had one back in Australia. In fact, in the last four and a half months, we've had 25 people make decisions for Christ. I need someone to get loud! Come on! So, I love it. 25 people have made decisions for Christ since in the pandemic. So God is still God. God is still moving. God is teaching us something about what church is. Is the gathering important? It is essential, I believe. But it's also essential that we don't just leave the church in the walls, that we take it out to the streets and to our neighbors and to our friends and to those that are suffering and hurting and our, our, our family, our spouses, our kids that don't know Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the, some of the good that's been coming from this. So, I, I gave you one part pre resurrection that Jesus would say, If you're going to follow me, you're going to do this. You're going to love God and you're going to love your neighbor. And then, this is what he says post resurrection. This is what I believe would be the second half of that. Jesus is getting ready to ascend to the Father in heaven, he's, rise, he's risen from the dead. And he says in Matthew 28 19, 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. i got to pause there for a second. Did you hear we're doing baptisms today? Yeah! If you can stick around for just a little longer after service, right out there we're doing baptisms. You know what? If you're getting baptized and you're bold enough to just stand up and show us who you are, if you're getting baptized, stand up. Give God some praise up in this place. Woo! I was celebrating all of you and you and you and you. We can't wait. Baptism, a declaration that Jesus lives in me, and I will follow him. I can't wait. We haven't baptized anybody all year. So, we're due. Okay, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teach the new disciples to obey. All the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, Jesus says, know that I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So, Jesus, we're, we're to love God and love others. We're to go and be the good news and, and tell people about you and then we're to be baptized and be part of a church family and then we're to continually teach, learn and grow in Christ and, and with others until the day you call us home. There you go. That's it in a nutshell. That is your purpose in the pandemic right there. If you're following, you're gonna go and tell others. If you're following, you will be baptized. If you're following, you will teach others to, about Jesus and how to, how to obey him. If you're a follower of Jesus, and Jesus speaks so clearly, can I tell you something else God showed me in our our, uh, series that we're in follow? He showed me something about when he called Matthew and then he called the fishermen, uh, James and John and Peter and Andrew. Remember when he called them? What did he say? He said, Come and follow. You know what he didn't say? He didn't say, Come and attend me. He didn't say, Hey, come and just sit with me for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday. He didn't say that, he said, come and follow. And who was he talking to? The first church, and they changed the world, how? The early followers changed the church, not by, or changed the world, not by attending church, they changed the world by being the church. This is what God wants us to do. It's so clear, it's not easy, but it's clear. Do you know why I believe the church is the hope of the world? It's all over scripture. Ephesians 3.10, God's intent, like, you ever want to know God's intention? Like, God, what is your intent in this? What do, you, what, do you, what do you want from us in this? Well, here's God's intent, that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So God is saying, through my church, through you, May, may I be known to all people in all nations and all crevices and cracks of the world. That's what he's saying. His plan is through the church. That's why the church is essential. That's why Jesus said he died for the church. This is why Meadows is a multiplying church. Let me explain that for a second because I don't know if I would have understood that five years ago. Here's what that means. It means that, well, let me give you a statistic first of all. of churches 96 will never multiply themselves what is that what that means is they'll never plant or start or have another child if you will and have another church so what that means ultimately is 96% of those churches will eventually be they'll be gone I don't say that as I mean everything breathing and living has a life cycle you know everything does The church is living and breathing. Did you know that? Like, the church isn't some organization. It is a living and breathing organism. And all churches have a life cycle. The churches that the early church planted— remember the church in uh, Rome and the church in Ephesus and Philippi that Paul's writing to? They're gone! They're gone! The churches you read about in the New Testament are gone! So, so how are there more churches? Because they multiplied themselves. They planted a church, that planted a church, that planted a church. So we knew we're not gonna be the 96%, we will be the four. We will be the four because eventually, Me- and Meadows is still a baby ourselves, like a toddler now, just babbling and sputtering and spitting obviously, Bryce. So we're a toddler, but we don't wanna wait, which is why we're planning crossover church. Did I just, did somebody just let me cry? Yeah! People look at me like, you're planting a church you guys just launched? Less than th- three years ago. I'm like, yeah, we're planting a church. Why would we wait? Casey and Amanda, they're ready to go. There's a team ready to go. Why would we hold them back? But you're going to lose people. We ain't losing nobody. The kingdom wins. Are you kidding me? And if we keep doing that, Meadows will exist forever because we planted a church that planted a church that planted a church that planted a church that planted a ch- that's how that's how the church grows and stays healthy that's how you raise up leaders that's how people step into their purpose and change the world that's why we do what we do that's why we're planning crossover i'm so proud of casey and amanda it, it, it it's going to be incredible they launch in a few months in bennington elkhorn area actually it's going to be an elkhorn but in that area i'm it's going to be incredible that's you guys you're part of a church that is the four percent that believe in multiplying it's not just about building one church and one kingdom, and oh, we're. Th- it's about multiplying and reaching people for Jesus all over. Do me a favor, if you're part of the crossover family and you're part of uh, that family that's going with Casey and Amanda, just stand up, stand up. Yeah, stand. Uh, yes, yes. Give God some praise because you know what they're doing right there and right there and right there. Thank you. Right there, there's Casey. You know what they're doing? They're saying we'll go when it's more comfortable to stay. Look at Meadow, I mean, this, you know what my wife said to me? I sat down, she goes, there's a lot of people here. I said, there is. So, so here's what's happening with churches, just to give you some context of why we haven't, why, why we waited, when I mean, we're just trying to be safe about it and trying to be good stewards and just listen to the Holy Spirit. Understand something, churches that have opened, they're seeing 25 to 30% come back, maybe. Some are 10%. Some have opened and closed because no one's coming. We live in a weird time right now. I'm not going to deny that. Okay? So, so, to, so to see all this and see all of you here, it warms my heart because you're hungry. You miss people. You want to gather together. And it makes me more hungry to open, open the physical location again. Because I, there, it's, there's such power when you gather together. There's such power when you gather together. Say go. Go. Go and make disciples. Crossover Church, go and make disciples. Shout go. Yeah, that's better. I like when you shout at me. Shout go. Go is such a powerful word. They're going to go to Elkhorn and and reach people that we wouldn't reach here. Most new believers are people that don't believe in Jesus. They ain't driving more than five, ten minutes to find a church. So people there, they ain't driving to Meadows. Now, some of you crazy people, you drive... We got people, some of you drive 30, 40 minutes to get to Meadows, but that's because you got Jesus in you and you love Meadows. I love that. We got people driving. We have a couple driving from Prague, Nebraska. I don't even know where that is, but it's a long ways away. Because when you find a church that you fall in love with and you can give your life away, it it don't matter. But but, but the people we're trying to reach, they ain't doing that. You know why? Because they don't know Jesus. They don't know what they don't know. So they ain't going to drive from Bennington or or Elkhorn to Meadows. They ain't going to do it. So we're going to go go to where they are. You get it, right? Shout go. Go. So they go, we go and make disciples because crossover and meadows were churches that we bring the good news. I like that word good news. By the way, good news. You know what that starts with? Shout go. Go, right? Good news. Go. Good news because we're going to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people that don't know Jesus and don't know how much that He loves them and that He died for them and rose for them. That's the gospel. What, what does gospel start with? Shall go. Go. Gospel starts with go. And who's at the center of it all? Your creator? Your sustainer? His name is God. Wait, what does God start with? Somebody shall go. Go! And make disciples of all the nations. We are not called to maintain. We are called to multiply. We are called to go. Oh, God. So I'm going to close and tell you something. I believe that you have been led to Meadows, and then ultimately some of you to crossover, if that's where you live, in that area. God has a calling on your life. People get it mixed up. Oh, the pastor is called. Oh, they're called to ministry. No, you're called to ministry. You're the church, I'm the church. We are the church. That's, so own this scripture, Acts 2 24. Paul's writing this. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. The world wants us to be so busy in all the craziness that's happening right now. And should you be attuned to what's going on? Yes. Should you be informed? Yes. Should it dominate you? No. If you have Jesus in you, you're in the world, but you are not of this world anymore. God, you have been seated in heavenly places, the Bible says. So now you're called, now you're a minister. And you're called to go and be the church to others that need the church. And what's it all centered on? One event. I love just making it simple for us. I need it simple, I ain't that smart. Make it simple, Pastor. One event. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the reason that we are are even gathered here today. It's the reason why there is a church. It's the reason why the church, the the people that he called, left him at the cross because they were freaked out, but then gave their lives for him after he rose from the dead because they saw Jesus dead and they saw him alive. The resurrection is the reason we have hope. It's why we plant churches. It's why we gather. It's why we get in the Word. It's why we grow. It's why we, it's why we do what we do. <laughs> the, in Matthew 28, it says, after Jesus was put in the tomb, some women went to go anoint his dead body because he was dead. They show up. You might know the story. An angel meets them says, I know you're looking for Jesus. He ain't here. He's risen from the dead. In, in verse 8, it says, the women ran from the tomb. They were freaked out. They were frightened, of course. But they were also filled with great joy. Boy, that's a season that hits me right between the eyes. I get kind of freaked out and frightened sometimes and all the crap that we're going through. But then I think to myself, wait a minute. What really matters? At the end of the day, if everything goes sideways, and it is the apocalypse, I guess I'm going to meet Jesus sooner than later then. It's okay. I'm good with that. I am. I want you to be good with that too. I don't think that's really the case right now, but I'm just saying, put things in perspective. They ran. They were filled with joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message, say, go. So they see the tomb is empty, they hear the angel, and they run. And look at what it says. This hit me. And as they went, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. So if they never leave the tomb, if they never leave where they were, they never get to meet Jesus. But as they went, say, go. As they go, Jesus meets them. Some of you today, God is calling you to go. To, to, it could be a, a mental thing, it could be a physical thing, but God is calling you to go. You have to go, so You have to. Jesus wants to meet you, but it requires you to move. And they go. And they ran to Jesus, they hold him by the feet, and they worshiped him. At the end of the day, in all your anxiety, and all your depression, and all your worry, What if you just gave that to Jesus today before you leave and say, you know what, at the end of the day, I will fall at the feet of a king named Jesus and worship him. Not because of who I am. Who am I? We screw up. We're we're mess up. We mess up. But Jesus, that's why he went to the cross. For us, for you, and for I. You know my story. When I was sitting in church, some of you do, and the day it hit me, the day that I just stood up and worshiped him, didn't know I was worshiping, but I saw those pictures on the cross, Jesus hanging there, and I just stood up. and I'm like, I'm so unworthy. I'm so the least of these, like I am. And I stood up and I, 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 didn't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll give my life to this. That is where everything changed. That is where everything changed. Jesus wants to meet you there. He wants you to fall at your feet. We're gonna baptize in just a little bit. I told you that. Can I tell you something? Everybody that gets baptized, they, they kind of share their story with me. I have them go through some questions and answer some questions. Cause I don't wanna, I, I wanna make sure they understand what they're doing. I wanna make sure they get it. I'm not, I don't, I don't care about going through the motions. I don't wanna just, oh, we baptized this man. I want them to understand. So the. and here's what hit me. I'm reading their stories and I'm weeping because you know what I'm reading in the stories? There's so much pain so much pain in almost everyone it's like I went through this and then I then this and then this and I'm like god they've been through a lot it overwhelms me but then why are they at the point they are they, 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 they didn't quit in that pandemic they didn't quit in that pain they kept going Jesus wants to meet you in your pain here's what here's what somebody put. I remember exactly when I truly surrendered my life to Jesus. Because I asked Him, when? when? Tell me about it. I want to know. I felt like I was at my bottom of bottoms. I wonder if anybody in this place feels like that today. I wonder if anybody watching online feels like that today. You think it's coincidence that you're tuned in? No. I'm at my bottom of bottoms. I felt like no, no matter how hard I kept running towards Him, I just felt like I couldn't get there. I mean, at this, at this moment, I just had given up hope of ever being happy. Jesus wants to meet you there. Jesus wants to meet you in that dysfunction, in that mess, in that sadness. I closed my eyes and I prayed. I thank God for my life. I ask him to please come into me and guide me and help me. And Jesus did it. And Jesus showed up. And she would tell you today that life isn't easy by any stretch. She'd also tell you that she's not alone. That Jesus is her sustainer and her strength and her strong tower. That's what she would tell you. Why do I share all this? Because everybody getting baptized, they've surrendered. They've had that moment, like those women, where they fell at the feet of Jesus and said, just take it. I don't want it anymore. I, I, I want you. I want purpose. I want real life. I don't want to live like the world lives. I don't want to live, I mean, the world. You want to live differently. I know you do. I believe it with all my heart. So this is what I'm asking. I'm just asking that. I don't care what you call. I'm just asking. Will you get? Will you get real with Jesus now? Will you? Will you? Will you just get real with him? And will you just invite him to be with you? And just know that just like the women met Jesus on their way to tell the disciples that he was risen. Jesus doesn't even wait. He meets them. He wants to meet you right now. Will you let him meet you right now? And just give your your worries and your cares to him today. Because you know you carried him in here. You know they're saddling you down. You know they're ripping your family apart. You know that you can't sleep at night because of it. And Jesus says, I will bring you to a place where you are on your knees, but I am with you, holding you, hugging you, loving you, pointing you to hope and pointing you to life. That's where I want you to be. And some of you online, you might just, you might just say, well, you might just text I choose Jesus to 474747. That way it tells me, and I can pray for you. You here, you can do the same. You can write it on your card. I don't care how you do it. It isn't about filling out cards. It isn't, it is, it's, that tells me you did it, so that's why that's good, but I just want you to get real before the King. After we sing and worship together, We're going to have a prayer team back there by the orange wall, and they want to pray for you if you want them to. I just want you to get real with Jesus and know that he loves you and he has great plans for you. And by the way, when I say sing and worship, can I tell you something? It doesn't say that the women at the tomb, or when they left the tomb, that they were singing or doing anything. But it said they worshiped him. That's what it says. They fell at the feet of Jesus and worshiped him. When I stood up in a sanctuary and said, I'll give my life to this, it was worship. Worship just isn't song and, 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 and that praise. That's a little tiny aspect of it. Is that part of it? Yes. But But when you love somebody and you expect nothing in return, that's worship. When you share your story of hope or even your story of struggle with somebody else and it gives them hope, it's worship. When you open the Word of God and you read it, it is worship. When you gather with others, in the context of growing together it's worship when you're part of a body like you are like the church and then you you declare with baptism oh that's worship when you know say i know when you know that there is purpose in the pandemic and you don't give up that is worship so we're going to praise and we're going to worship god because there is hope in this place because the last time i checked the tomb is still empty and jesus is alive shout if you believe it i said shout if you believe father this is your church we are your church do what only you can do we declare your goodness and your glory i thank you for every human life here today. Thank you for creating them on purpose for a purpose. Thank you for meeting them at your feet in worship today. I pray, God, that they're going to cast everything to you before they leave. I pray they will surrender it all to you. That's why, that's why you brought them here, is so that they might know, even in a pandemic, there is purpose. Even in a struggle, there is strength. That strength is found through you. God, we celebrate. The people getting baptized today shortly. God, we celebrate churches all over America that are gathering, whether it's online or whether it's in person. If your good news is going forth, we give you praise and glory. And we pray that many will surrender everything to you and that lives will be changed, not just in a day, not just in a moment, not just because of a an emotional decision, but because of a, a surrender to salvation and new life. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ this is why we will never stop declaring the best is yet to come because it always is regardless of what happens this side of heaven regardless of what happens in the news what happens on social media what happens even in the world the best is still yet to come because when your Holy Spirit lives in us well heavens our home and that means we don't live for this world anymore we live for greater things but there's still people in this world that need you. May we, be the, may we be the light. May we be the place where they meet Christ. God, let us be that church. We thank you for the gift of the gathering of the church, for the gift of embraces and physical touch and hugs and smiles and love. We thank you, they're gifts from you. You are a great God. We will never shut up about it because we can't. You're too good, you've done too much, and there's still so much more that you still want to do, God. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say amen.